0: This is the november 30th episode of the daily wrestling news show where we're on a mission to teach learn and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone who wants to join us my name is john and on today's episode we're talking about who won their fourth and final ecw heavyweight championship on this day in 1997. on november 30th 1997 ecw presented the fifth edition of november to remember this time however it was a pay-per-view event just the third such offering in ECW history. The show would come to us live from the Golden Dome in Monaca, Pennsylvania on the campus of Beaver County Community College not far from the historically strong wrestling city of Pittsburgh. ECW, and Shane Douglas specifically, had put extra time and effort into establishing Pittsburgh as an ECW town. While I don't personally understand how these kinds of things work, according to Douglas himself, The city of Pittsburgh had a rule that any event within city limits paid a 10% tax on their profits directly to the city. Now that sounds like racketeering to me, but I'm not a politician or a lawyer. So Douglas scoured his hometown area to find the Golden Dome, a multi-purpose arena roughly the same distance from the Pittsburgh airport as downtown Pittsburgh, just in the opposite direction, thus making it part of central Pennsylvania and therefore saving ECW on that 10% fee. In a company where every penny mattered, this now made Pittsburgh a viable option. ECW began running shows there to test the response. ECW's Hardcore TV had only been available in the area for about two years. Prior to that, Shane Douglas would show up weekly in Pittsburgh bars with a VHS tape and sit through multiple showings as the crowd turned over throughout the night he was determined to create a buzz for ECW in his hometown. When ECW ran their first show at the Golden Dome, it drew 800 fans. Not a bad showing by any means for an ECW house show. The second visit to Beaver County Community College roughly doubled the draw to 1,600. Great news, but the arena sat 3,000, so there was still room to improve. Their third go-around pulled in 2,300 fans, and Paul Lee was ecstatic so the plan unfolded to allow pittsburgh to host an ecw pay-per-view event on the night of the event douglas escaped to sabu's winnebago to get out of the arena and clear his head for a while everything leading up to the event had been so hectic for shane in his hometown and all the extra time and appearances he put into advertising the event were behind him now it was time to concentrate on putting on a performance worthy of all the effort when shane returned to the building was greeted by Paul Heyman, smiling ear to ear, who gave him a big hug. Paul e. dragged Shane to a curtain of a raised camera perch to peek at the crowd, which Douglas remembered as resembling ants dancing on a dirt hill. The venue was packed. The 3,000-seat arena was a sellout and then some. For legal reasons, the attendance is recorded as a little over 4,600, the building's standing-room-only legal limit but according to Douglas, there were well over 5,000 people crammed in. Then Shane and Paul were approached by Ronnie Lang, the head of Atlas Security, who said, we've got a problem. Lang took them to the side door of the arena, and they witnessed the back half of a line that was wrapping around the building. Had ECW anticipated this amount of attention, Shane's connection with the school could have easily arranged for an amphitheater to be set up with a closed-circuit feed, and at least appease some of the extra fans with a 5 or $10 viewing option. But ECW simply didn't have the infrastructure to devote to these kinds of things, so they would be turning away hundreds of people on that evening. Business was about to pick up in any Pittsburgh bar airing that pay-per-view. But now it was time for the real business at hand. Time for Troy Allen Martin to become not just Shane Douglas, but the franchise. Bam Bam Bigelow, at the behest of Rick Rude, betrayed the triple threat, and destroyed Douglas at a mid-October taping of Hardcore TV. Bam Bam was a recognized world champion for the first time in his career. Outside of the ring, Shane and Bam Bam were legitimately best friends, so headlining a pay-per-view together over the World Heavyweight Championship was going to be a treat. And then there was the city of Pittsburgh itself, which would play a role in this match. If you've been watching wrestling long enough, you know that there are some magical wrestling cities. Long Island, for instance, can take one of the biggest pieces of trash perhaps in wrestling history like MJF and turn him into a golden god for one night when he returns home. And while Sasha Banks loses heartbreakers in her hometown of Boston and The Miz can turn Cleveland against him by mentioning how happy he is to have relocated to Hollywood, Britt Baker could kick a puppy in Texas and get death threats one week, but if the next week's broadcast is from Pittsburgh, She'll be as babyface over as Hulkamania in 1985. Such would be the case at November to remember. The Shane Douglas character was a stone-cold heel through and through, and Bam Bam's turn away from the triple threat made him a big, lovable, but dangerous babyface. On this night in Pittsburgh, however, there wasn't a snowball's chance in hell that Shane Douglas wasn't going to feel the love from the hometown crowd. Speaking of snowballs and hell, Late November in Pittsburgh can be rough, and it was cold outside. But inside the Golden Dome that night, with the TV lights scorching and the nuts-to-butts crowd giving off their own heat, it was well over 100 degrees Fahrenheit at ringside. Bigelow, spitting in the face of tradition, allegedly demanded to be first to the ring. He's wearing a scowl this evening that makes him look like a larger version of Taz. And while he might have been the babyface the week prior in New York City, this crowd wanted nothing to do with the champion, he's pacing the ring like a caged animal. And here comes the challenger. As Joey Styles explains, he's amongst the most hated men in the industry all across the country, but he walks on water here in the still city. Douglas has been quoted in interviews as saying while he and Bam Bam fully intended to make this match stand on its own merit, the template they used to plan it out was Ric Flair and Vader's battle in Charlotte at Starcade 93. You're not getting Charlotte to boo Ric Flair, and you're not getting Pittsburgh to boo Shane Douglas. The opening bell rings, and there's a long moment of Douglas and Bigelow just staring each other down. A little joying from Bam Bam, and they finally lock up. The champ shoves Douglas off and clear out of the ring to the floor. The over 100 pound weight disparity is evident. 36-year-old Bam Bam is in great shape at this point in his career, at least for a man billed at over 400 pounds for most of it. Tonight he weighs in north of 350 but it's clear early on that his cardio is not an issue even in this sweltering building and the big man is leading the dance tonight. He is dominating Douglas and again tosses him to the floor as if taking out the trash. Shortly thereafter Shane gets a little offense in and goes for his finishing belly-to-belly suplex. Bigelow goes absolutely nowhere and might have laughed at Shane if he wasn't so busy snarling at the crowd as they showered him with choruses of fat boy and later lard ass. A little more offense out of Douglas and he goes for a scoop slam, only to collapse under Bam Bam's girth and into a cover and Shane is forced to kick out it two. About midway through the bout, Douglas is being picked apart. Bam Bam is growing bored And introduces a table into the festivities. He lays Douglas out and climbs the buckles, but the franchise turns the tide by yanking Bam Bam off the corner with a powerbomb through the table. But Shane's upper hand doesn't last long. While Bam Bam is registering pain for the first time in the match, he manages to send Douglas to the floor yet again to get himself a breather. Douglas mounts some more offense upon his return and finally sends Bam Bam to the floor with a clothesline over the ropes. But when Shane tries to build on this momentum and jumps onto Bam Bam's shoulders for Arana, Bigelow powers him to a stop, then deposits the challenger through the nearby table. When Francine manages to get Shane back in the ring, Bam Bam immediately takes him up for a ragdoll powerbomb just like the one he used to take the title some six weeks prior. Bigelow leans into a stacked cover to mercifully put an end to this, but somehow Douglas manages to kick out. Bam Bam is done playing with his food and calls for the gorilla press, which often ends with his opponent getting up close and personal with the third row of the audience. Francine frantically waves to the back for Candido and triple threat Pledge, Lance Storm, who have been banned from ringside, but she's willing to risk the disqualification to save the franchise from any further torture. Security stops Candido and Storm a few feet shy of the ringside area. But they get some FaceTime with Douglas nonetheless as Bam Bam sends his opponent sailing into them and security like he's trying to pick up the 5'6'9'10 spare. When Shane makes it back to the ring, Francine decides to do something drastic. She's already on crutches from the last time she tried to get between Shane and Bam Bam, but she swings a crutch and barely gets the attention of the big man. Bigelow rips the weapon from her hands and does his best Mark McGuire impersonation. I swear, if Francine hadn't completely hit the deck, that crutch would have cut her in half. The champ works Douglas over with the crutch a bit before deciding to get creative. He rolls out to grab a chair and half of the table he put Shane through earlier. Bam sets up the broken table to lean on the chair and goes for another power bomb. But Douglas slips out, grabs a hold of Bigelow's waist, and puts 100% of his own weight and remaining energy into a lift and spin to put Bam Bam through the makeshift short table with a belly-to-belly suplex. John Finnegan counts the 1-2-3 and Pittsburgh erupts. The largest crowd in ECW history to that moment saw the recrowning of the franchise for what would be his final and record-setting 406-day title reign. While the overall card wasn't one of the barn burners we would come to see in the next couple of years from ECW it was by every metric a rousing success the pay-per-view buy rate was good it was ECW's first legitimate six-figure gate which was unheard of for them at that time and with over 5,000 in attendance they did over 60,000 in merchandise sales alone for the night ECW had arrived All the extra effort had paid off, and the experiment was working. And this memorable event took place on this day in wrestling history, November 30th, 1997. Well, that's our show for today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about Shane Douglas, Bam Bam Bigelow, or ECW, I encourage you to join the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash wrestling news show, or just search Daily Wrestling News Show. Either way, click join and we'll let you in to talk about the franchise, November to Remember 1997, or any historical wrestling topic. And if we don't see you there, we'll see you right back here for another episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show.